Be Coastal at the Boatyard Restaurant, located at 1515 Southeast 17th Street Causeway in Fort Lauderdale. Here, you'll feel part of the yachting tradition of South Florida as you experience the Boatyard's hooked-table, seafood-eccentric menu with fresh catches listed by name of the fisherman who caught them. The Boatyard's open kitchen is also known for premium grilled cuts of meat and a menu that's sourced from local ingredients. Sit inside in modern nautical-themed rooms or dockside and watch the boats cruise by as you enjoy lunch, dinner, and Sunday brunch. Monday through Friday, the locals know that the Boatyard's happy hour is the best place to gather for bar bites and handcrafted cocktails at great prices. And don't miss out on Ladies' Night every Thursday. Call ahead to book your reservation today at 954-525-7400. Clear the airways. The Lunker Dog is on the air. Are you ready? This is The Real Guy Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to The Real Guy Podcast. I got Stephen Busaka in the Lunker Dog studios tonight. Stephen, good to have you. Thanks for, having, thanks for inviting me, man. How you been? Things are good. Things are good. I mean, as good as can be, um, you know, considering the the week that we had. And I don't know. I'm kind of like I'm in like in a deflation mode right now. Well, deflation. I mean, dude, all the stuff that we were doing for that protest, man. Right. We need to talk about that. Well, yeah. The um, you know, we had our big protest last week and um, the flow test and. You know, it was a smashing success considering it was a protest in town. Like, usually when you see these protests, there's a whole bunch of nutters hanging out on, like, some street corner. And you're not sure whether to uh, give them the thumbs up or just, you know, keep your window down. Or, yeah, you're really not sure how to handle the protest. I think one of the neatest things about the protest um, that we had, and anybody that's just listening that wasn't familiar with the flow test is um, we had these major sewage spills here in Fort Lauderdale and devastated some wildlife areas and some, some places where the fish hang up and uh, people were really fed up. So we decided we we're going to do a protest because um, the city basically just um, didn't um, keep up the infrastructure. In other words, the doo-doo pipes um, were working off the same infrastructure that the city put in in the early seventies and late sixties. And um, they knew this was going to be a problem, and now it is a major problem, and we had a catastrophe here. So um, we decided we were going to protest about the sewage lines. And um, for a protest, I thought it was top shelf. I think that the quality of people that showed up was fantastic. Well, yeah. Like, I mean, you talk about the passion. I mean, like, dude, there were people out there with shirts signs i mean like these people were actually passionate that's the whole thing is you got to be passionate about it because there's a lot of people that show up to these things just to kind of fit in with the crowd you know they just kind of go and show their face but when you see people getting that amped up and actually and you hear them chanting we float we vote right i mean dude that was pretty badass yeah we float we vote that was a big slogan during the uh during the protest, and, and people were sporting their signs. I thought the We Float, We Vote signs were perfect for the boats. Yeah. I'd say we had close to about 80 boats participate in the flow test. Mm-hmm. About another 300 people on land, I think, even, too. Yeah, we had a couple hundred or better on land. And um, I don't know, it was, it, was, it was a good feeling. It was a good feeling that there was enough people that actually cared. There was actually enough people that actually showed up. But... Um, some things that, that that threw me off was how little 
response we got from the massive news coverage that we received. Like, for instance, we were on the news, or this issue was on the news, and I was on the news, and a couple other leaders in the community that were really against the procrast were on the news um, for almost two weeks. And we actually had this sign party to make signs for the protest that was on the news. For like three days in a row. For like three days in a row, right before the protest. But it seemed like the news coverage fell on deaf ears. See, this is the interesting thing. The sign, like the whole that whole sign party that we did, right. is on the news for like three days. Right. Like my dad's like texting me like, oh shoot, you're on the news again. You guys are on the news again. We did the, we did the flow test. Like we had like four different film crews there, four different news channels filming. Mm-hmm. And I remember my dad saying that he only saw it on the news once and it was brief. Right, afterwards. 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 How but, does that how does that happen? I think that well, it's well because we're dealing with, with media. All right. Now that's regular mainstream media. Mainstream media is fucking dead, dude. You know what I mean? And if you don't think it's dead, I'll directly compare it to the Real Guy Network. I would say 80% of the people were there because of the Real Guy Network. Because of our social media presence, because our passion for the outdoors, because what we stand for. And then 20% of the people, or let's call it 18% of the people, were there because of other small groups. Like save that Save Fort Lauderdale group. Like the 954 Paddle Club group. And then there was quite, a, and then there was a, say five percent of the people that were there, but they'd been fighting the cause for an awful long time. And I think for those five percent of the people that have been in this fight and that actually have been paying attention to it for all these years, I think when they saw the protest, that it rejuvenated them and gave them energy, because of the new energy that was brought to the to, to the topic and to the issue. Because I think, like I said. Mainstream media, Channel 7, Channel 10, Channel 4, as much coverage as they gave us. You could not ask for more coverage than they gave us. But that audience is horrible. That audience... Nobody pays attention. Nobody pays attention. Everything's uh, everything's in um, shock mode when you watch the news. You know, like it's just designed to shock people. And because of that, they're numb. Anything they see on the news, they just totally disregard as irrelevant. At least that's the way I looked at it. That's the only way you could look at it if you knew who the people were that actually showed up. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I've heard that before that, you know, the mainstream media is frigging dead. And I'd say that that's pretty good proven fact that it is. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, think about that. If if you would have got in the in the paper, which we did multiple times, and you would have got on the news, which we did multiple times, in the 80s or the 90s, the whole town would have been talking about it. Yeah. The whole town would have felt obligated to participate in one form, fashion, or the other, even the people that opposed it. Not too many people oppose not having shit pumped into the ecosystem. <laughs> but there are people that oppose. But you know what I mean? It's like... Like, in other words, people should, like, in the 80s or the 90s, if they had seen that, more people would have been like, oh, we got to do something else now. Try to take it to the next level. They would have they used it as real information. Yeah. And it just... We were on the news for, like, a split second, and then silence. You know what I mean? I do know what you mean. I do know what you mean. And 
I was completely floored that more people didn't show up. Like, what has to happen? What has to happen before it offends enough people to make them actually do something? Like, It literally needs to be a river of shit. Dude, we had that. I'm talking like that's it. That's all that's left. I feel like that's what it has to come to. Well, I keep thinking about the podcast that we did a couple, three months ago, which was our first real, you know, um, it's called Eco Awareness Podcast. That was even longer than that, dude. Well, it was a while. We did that a while ago. It was a while back. And in that podcast, we talked about what has to happen in order for real change. And that people weren't ready for real change. And one of the topics that we brought up is we agreed that in order to get real change, to get real people to actually join the cause, that we'd have to hit rock bottom. So do you think that a couple hundred million gallons of raw sewage getting pumped right into the New River was rock bottom? Well, this is my thing. I was like, if that doesn't qualify as rock bottom, what does? You know what I mean? It's like, how much, how much worse does it really need to get? I mean, between the millions of fish that were killed, people's houses, I mean, the stench alone. Right. How much worse does it have to get, Jeff? That's what, my, that's what I'm starting to wonder. I'm trying to wonder. Like, what? I mean, the only other thing I can think that it could get worse is if people's freaking, you know, the plumbing in their house just goes bad because these pipes can't hold the shit any longer. Well, I mean, how much, you know what I'm saying? But it's like, we're talking millions of gallons, Jeff. Hundreds of millions. Do you know how much that is? It's that lot. could fill freaking that Crandon Park, that whole area of the bay. Yeah. That's enough to fill that. Right. And that's definitely not even close to being rock bottom, as we saw. As we saw with the protest and the rage factor that went across Fort Lauderdale. You see, the thing is, I think that it needs to get... I'm almost thinking that what needs to happen is the water has to get so polluted to the fact where if you even go near the water, you're sick. You're on a boat. Your propeller's just kicking up shit, basically, raw sewage. Well, that happened. And that happened. <laughs> but I'm talking about on an even bigger scale. Right. It's like it has to get to a point where... You can't escape it. Now, I, I, now that now that now that I've seen this get this bad and this dramatic, I think that literally, like you said, it has to affect their drinking water. Mm-hmm. It has to affect their health. Yep. And it has to be in everybody's front yard. Yeah. The sewage basically has to back up so bad that it needs to be in the majority of people's front yards, in order for them to pay attention, and in order for them to show any type of real concern because you got to think about it not everybody's living on the canal not everybody in lauderdale's living on on the on the water so it's there in their mind it's like well it must not be that bad but if it all of a sudden starts overflowing and showing up in their front yard and they're stepping in it when they get up in the morning to go to work when they go to walk their dog right yeah then they're gonna say something about it well one of the things that just absolutely crushes me and it's so hard for me to listen to people all these people that run around town with their Salt Life sticker, 
or their Snook sticker on the back of their car. Their Costa stickers. Their Costa stickers. stickers. They got. I mean, they are just salt life as you can be. Just and they are dying to tell me, you know, being a fishing guide, and having a, a reputation of being one of the better fishing people in this part of the state. Everybody thinks that your job is like the dream job. And then what they want to express to you is even though that they don't have a job like yours, how committed they are to being an outdoorsman or how committed they are to being a fisherman or a salt lifer or a surfer and they're just their whole life supposedly in their minds or at least in their uh how they want you to perceive them is that they're in love with the ocean. And that means so much to them. If it meant so much to them, then why the hell weren't they out there protesting? With us? Because they're full of shit. Just Pe like our canals. <laughs> right. Just like the canals. They are full of crap. They can go to, they can go to Bass Pro Shop and they can spend their 20 bucks on their fucking decal. And then they can sport that on the back of their freaking vehicle. It's all, it's all, it's all an image. It is. It would, and it's a fake one. Is it's what it is. It's what they want to be perceived as. Dude, let me tell you something. I'm so happy that you brought up the topic. These people that claim that they are all big into the outdoors. You know, they love the outdoors. They're into hunting and it's fishing. It's their life. It's their passion. Oh, yeah. How many times do you hear that? Oh, yeah. They love hunting and fishing. Well, guess what? The environment's in bad shape. Duh. So my question <laughs> to these people is, you're, you, you love hunting and fishing. You're, you love the outdoors. You're so committed to it. But let me ask you a question. What have you done to try to actually help our environment? What have you done to help try to preserve and save it? Yeah, like, let yeah. me tell you something. I'm not trying to brag here, Jeff, but you know what? Like, not, not going back to the, not the sewage, but let's also talk about a little bit about the plastic problem is a big issue. Dude, there's a lot of issues. The plastic problem, the boats, the friggin' drainage systems. There's all sorts of problems. I've been telling people this. you know, at, Right after everybody tells me how in love they are with the outdoors and how the ocean is their passion and fishing is their passion, the very next thing they ask me is, why do you think the fish population has been fading over the last decade? What's your take on, gee, is there more fish now or, is there, or is there, was there more fish in the old days? What do you think about the FWC and the restrictions on certain species? And they want to know all this fucking, um, your insights on what you think. And I tell everybody the same freaking answer. I says, do yourself, I said, answer the question yourself. Take a piece of paper out. On one side of the piece of paper, I want you to list all the things that you can think of that would be hurting the ecosystem. And then on the right side of the piece of paper, take all the things, all the things that you can think of that are helping the ecosystem. And you take a look at the, the, the dramatic friggin' list of things <laughs> that are helping and are not helping. And there's nobody that can even make a piece of paper look where it's even close to being even. You can, you, You're you, lucky if you can come up with one. Right. Right, but you can come up with friggin' tons, fifty reasons why you think the ecosystem is being hurt. Herbicide, pesticide, plastic, some fish. Was it fertilizer? Everything. Everything you can, you can come up with. You can come up with all sorts of stuff, and um, they're all right. All those friggin' reasons, you know, all attribute um, 
in one fashion or another. Mm -hmm. But I think the biggest difference between the sewage issue and all the other issues is there actually hundreds of billions of dollars being spent and people are taking in the name of conservation. Not only in the government, but also in all these different associations and stuff. In the government, the most popular agencies would be the EPA, mm -hmm. the DEP, here in the state, the FWC, and I'm sure there's like 10 other different ones. All these people are getting paid. You know what I mean? And to do what? And they're failing. That's what I mean. They're getting paid, but to do what? Well, they know what they're, they're supposed not. to do, but they're failing horribly. Failing horribly. And then us as citizens actually expect the government is going to fix this? The government's not going to fix it. No. It's going to have to be fixed by the private sector. But when is the private sector going to step up? I don't know why. I don't get it. Are they afraid to step up? Like, I just don't understand this going back to how bad does it have to get for you to step up? You know? Well, that's the thing. Until it hits rock bottom, whatever that may be. Because we thought, we actually thought, you and I thought this was rock bottom. I thought this was close. I thought that I was hoping that when all those fish showed up dead and then we couldn't swim and you couldn't even paddleboard, I actually thought that was rock bottom. But apparently we were wrong. Well, either we were wrong or people just didn't know that it was rock bottom. I don't think it was rock bottom. I think it was bad. I think I'm trying to figure out if people are obliv just oblivious to it or they really just don't know. Both. You think it's a combination of both? I think it's a combination of both. I think people, I think the vast majority of people spend the vast majority of their time in the air conditioning. And they never go outside. Well, that would obviously speak for itself. If they're in the air conditioning, mm -hmm. that means they're either in a car somewhere or in an office somewhere or in a house somewhere. How many nights a year do I fish approximately? 200? 200 plus. Okay. It's called 200. Make it easy, right? All right. Out of the 200, not 200 nights a year that I fish, do you know how many nights I'm out there when I'm all by myself? No, or, I don't. Probably about half. By yourself? All by myself, all by my lonesome. Fishing multiple areas where there's a ton of fish. But that's how big of my minority you are if you're not sitting in the AC all the time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Very few people are outside in the environment 200 days a year for most of the day. Very, 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 very few. Isn't that sad? I don't know if it's sad, but that's the way it is. That's but, the reality. But maybe that's why so many people buy those stupid stickers and stick them on the back of their truck. Because that's the closest they can get to it. <laughs> well, the, the few days that they do spend outside, they're either on their paddleboard or on their surfboard or on their freaking kayak or on their boat. And maybe that's the motivation for them to have those types of stickers and to tell you how passionate they are and to ask you and tell you what a great job you have. Like everybody thinks this, this outdoor fishing guide is the best job in the world. It's not the worst job in the world. 
I think the worst job in the world would be that commercial diver that had to jump in the shit to fix the pipes. Ugh. That has to be the worst job in the world. Yeah. But being a fishing guide isn't exactly glamorous like people think. Well, I think people think I don't think people realize the the kind of pressure that can come with being a fishing guide. Well, there's 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 pressure, you know, um, pressure to put people, people on, the, on fish. the fish. Pressure of business. You have to be able to pay your friggin' bills. You know, the relentless schedule. You know what I mean? And I'm not complaining. I'm just saying that that's part of the occupation. Yeah. It's not all fun and games. Right. It's not like, you know, I'm friggin' uh, or anybody like me for that matter. Everybody's, oh, dude, you're living the dream. I might be living your dream. Yeah. You know? <laughs> but to me, you know what I mean? I mean, I, I choose to do this. I'm glad I do this. I'm happy. I'm legitimately a happy person because... You know, I think if you don't have a job that friggin', you know, makes you happy, that's a hard thing to deal with. And I think it happens an awful lot. And that's what they think. They think that the grass is greener on the other side. And But that's to, the thing is they've never been to the other side yet. Yeah. It, but it's all perception. It's what they think, you know. And maybe the grass is greener on the other side simply because I work and i choose to do what i do yeah but there's quite a few people that do this work that didn't choose to do this work they do this work because that's what they're good at and that's how they can pay the bills yeah and when they're driving home they're thinking that the dude sitting in the ac has the hasn't dream. got it has got it made <laughs> right because he's driving around in a freaking porsche or a friggin' BMW, and he's friggin' looks like he's loaded, and friggin' he doesn't look like he's sunburned all the time. And friggin' he can take his wife out to the finest restaurants in town. You know what I mean? It's, just, it's all perception. But the idea that these people are actually ready to care about the environment? No. No. The sticker does not do that for you. <laughs> I hate to... I, I hate to say it, and I hate to be such a pessimist and freaking call everybody an asshole, because not everybody's an asshole. No, it's not a matter of that. I just think that it, just talk is cheap, you know? And when you, when, you st when you talk about, oh, I love the environment, the outdoors is my passion, but what have you honestly done? Have you ever gone down to the beach and picked up plastic? Have you ever tried to see what you could do to get involved to actually try to make a difference in the environment? You know what I mean? I do know what you mean. It's like, mean. but you know, you, you and I don't see eye to eye on that picking up the plastic thing. No, we don't. And I, I, well, we do and we don't because I see where you're coming from. But you know, when I would go down the beach, it just it killed me to just stand there and just let it sit there. Especially certain things like when I would see a net or a balloon or a bag. Because that's something that could hurt like a sea turtle or a dolphin or something like that. So that stuff I really made a point of, you know, disposing of. But at the same time, I do know what you mean when you talk about the plastic thing. Let's talk about what your kind of view on the plastic is. Well, like my view on, the, on, on, on picking up plastic at the beach. My view on that. If you're going to spend a day to try to do something about the plastic on the beach. Mathematically, you can pick up plastic from day to the sun comes up to the sun goes down and even later if you got good flashlights. But you're not going to make a dent in that plastic. 
I know. You are not going to make a dent as a citizen walking around with your hands picking that stuff up. Tempor- but, it's, a, it's like a temporary thing. You know what I mean? Philosophically, it's a nice gesture. Yeah. It's a, it's a way to show where you stand on the topic and how much you how much passion you have towards it that you're actually willing to go down the beach and pick up trash yourself but i really think that if we're going to get a couple hundred people to do something i think their time is spent a heck of a lot better maybe standing in front of the dep or the epa and demanding that somebody that has mathematical fucking has a mathematical friggin uh, solution that can actually pick up all the plastic I think that solution needs to be freaking demanded from the people as opposed to the people going down there to make a gesture. I did it for years, dude. <laughs> no, and I and I don't and I don't discourage it. No. But I'd like to see that type of energy um put forth in either a demonstration or to go down to the right office that's supposed to Control the friggin' litter on the beach, because I, I guarantee you, we're paying somebody to do it. It's got to be coming out of our taxes at some point. Yeah, it's coming out of there from some point, somewhere between the city, the state, <laughs> or the feds. They're collecting money for it, and just like everything else, they're doing a piss poor job, and they are failing in the fight to keep the plastic out of the water. But how does how does like one of those demonstrations like the uh, like the plastic straw thing, okay? And I, I get it, you know, all right. So you don't want plastic, so you freaking want to use a paper straw. and I just don't even use a straw at all. I, right. I just drink out of the cup. I mean, I'm, don't get me wrong. I'm not, a, I'm not against the paper straw. But how did that paper straw thing gain so much momentum in a short amount of time? And freaking states are actually making plastic straws illegal. And cities are actually making plastic straws illegal to sell in their... <laughs> in the friggin' cities when we have shit flowing through the rivers here. You know why? And it's like... You know why? I can tell you why. How? How did that work? That, I don't get well, it. Well, that whole thing with the straws really got going. Somebody had posted the video, and I will say it is a sad video where you see the sea turtle that had the straw lodged in its nose. Okay. And that got people really fired up, which, as it should have, because, again, it's just like, yeah, I mean, dude, it's, it's, it's heartbreaking to see that video. You know, I'm almost wondering if, like, we have to have so, some kind of a video of either a turtle, a manatee, or a dolphin basically being affected by this raw sewage. Dude. And it's like... The, the fish count that we did, where we counted friggin' six to eight fish per linear foot on the shoreline. Wait. And the photos that we took, well, that wasn't enough? Well, the problem is, is the fish is not considered cute, though. Remember how you always talk about the cute list? Right. The manatee, the turtle. They're, right. And they are. Listen, they're cute. That's going to be what turns people's heads, you know? I still don't understand how that paper straw thing got so much momentum. I give them credit I for give it, him, honestly. Dude, it's phenomenal. But yeah. I don't understand how... how People already know that there's infrastructures all across the state, all across the country that are old and they're going to fail. Okay, this is something we can put right on the table right now. We know this. If you simply go to these municipalities and you look at when their infrastructure was put in, (laughs) right? Am I impressing you with the vocabulary? Wait, say it again. Municipalities. Municipalities. 
I didn't even know you knew what that word was. See, I'm impressing you here. Yes, you are. You're learning me something. <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> but we know that these infrastructures are failing and are going to fail in the future. Everybody knows this. Everybody knows that when the infrastructure fails, that the shit goes into the ecosystem. When the sewage, the shit goes into the ecosystem, everything dies. Can I, can I learn you something again? What? Let me tell you why it's so much easier. Because as a human being, you and I can go to a restaurant. Even if they have a plastic straw, you and I could say, I'm good, no thank you. As a business owner of a restaurant, I can say, I no longer want plastic straws. I'm going to order these paper straws. As normal people, you and I cannot say, I'm going to just choose that the shit is not going to overflow and go into the river. No, but you can demand... That these municipalities get ahead of this. I mean, how simple? Well, you could. How si- yes. How simple? How simple could it be to pass a law that any infrastructure over 25 years old should be tested and replaced according to the, where the weakest points are? It should be, right? No, I it didn't, should be. I didn't ask if it should be. I says nobody should be. I didn't ask if it or, or say if it should be. I'm saying how easy it is. That's something that you can do. We can pick up a freaking, we could probably find it online for most cities in this freaking state or most, most counties in the state. It's not like it's hard. It's not complicated. It's not like, you know, it's this huge task. Well, this is the thing. It shouldn't be complicated. But you got to remember, we're dealing with the government. So it's going to be complicated in some way, shape, or form. True. But do you see what I'm saying, though? When I say the plastic straw... That's something on an easier level. People look at this as like, oh, man, this is too hard. This is too big. You know, I know you're going to tell me that I always go back to this. But that plastic straw thing, that's really millennial-like. Yeah. You're not going to argue. No. There is. <laughs> but this is, see, I, th- I feel like that actually is like one millennial thing that actually was like good. <laughs> You know what I mean? <laughs> Dude, what do you, that, that plastic straw thing was horseshit. Have you seen any less plastic straws on the beach since you've been down there or in the canal? Unfortunately no. not. Well, this is the thing. I haven't been to the beach since April of last year. Shame on you. I know. Well, the flats are more beautiful than the beach. That's horseshit. The beach is right down the street from your house. You can freaking roll down there at any time. I think you just like to hang out, watch me drink beers, and do podcasts. Dude, No. <laughs> How many? Po- you did, dude. You've done like fifty <laughs> podcasts in the last year, dude. I think I did more than that. Right, and you're trying to tell me that friggin' you haven't been to the beach since April? Well, I, okay, I take it back. I have been to the beach, but I haven't even gone in the water since April. Because remember, I developed the bad feet, and being on the sand is like the worst thing with the bad feet. Dude, it's okay if you like watching me drink beers and doing podcasts. Dude, but you don't even drink beer. You and I are usually drinking freaking water like it's going out of style over here. Dude, I'm it's- doing rum and cokes tonight. Oh yeah, it's real. Well, that was tonight. This is it's, 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 it's you know it's rare that I did do rum and cokes, but I had two beers at a late lunch at four thirty. Dude, I'm not gonna lie. I, a little off topic. I was actually excited to come over here because I was actually like looking forward to getting like some carambola off the tree. And the last time I came, last week when I came over for the protest, they were all gone. There's some, but they're not gonna be ripe for another week. Yeah, and like that, like physically hurt me too. Dude, you're getting hooked on, I was. You should never get hooked on somebody else's carambola tree. I know. That's an like, old Italian saying. <laughs> you never it's a Sicilian thing. You right? never heard that before. I never heard that. <laughs> Dude, you're going to kill me, but I was actually liking those freaking carambola more than the mango. 
Dude, preferences. I mean, you know, dude. T- taste is, you know, you never know how people are going to like it. But um, I've actually been having beef jerky a lot more lately, too. Isn't that crazy? I think it's crazy that you could talk about food in the same podcast we're talking about oh, food. Oh, shit. Yeah. That's gross. I know. I'm sorry. Let's get back to the sewage. <laughs> that's freaking gross. Because that's more fun, right? <laughs> Not really. I mean, I, you know, I, you know I, I, I'll bullshit about just about anything, especially when you're talking about the carambola tree that I'm so proud of. I but know. Yeah, you should be proud of that thing, though. Dude, it's still that's har- an accomplishment. It, it harvests fruit like four months out of the year. The, how did you? How have I known you for like three years, and you've only just now offered me carambola? Uh, yeah, you don't just offer anybody carambola. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, going back to the sewage. <laughs> going back to the sewage. I don't think the government's ever going to be able to fix this. I think it's. I think that that the private sector is going to have to figure it out. Yeah. So now the question, how do we get the private sector to figure it out? Well, I don't think it's up to us. That's the beautiful thing about the private sector. Hopefully out there in the private sector, some people that are a lot smarter than you and I. I know that's a far fetch. I was just about to say, I mean, I'm not saying that we're, you know, the smartest, the sharpest tool in the shed over here, but I'm just saying. Well, somebody has (laughs) to be smarter than us, but I'm just saying, I think the private sector has to like figure it out. Like one of the things I was thinking you know, as I'm watching all this, and everybody wants to talk to me about like this, like I'm sort of some sort of fucking environmental expert or something. You know, yeah, I can see the water. I can tell you what's dying. I can tell you the sewage is being spilled into it. And, you know, a couple other common sense things. If that makes me an environmental expert, then okay, I'll take it. Yeah. But I Who think- knew that was all it took? <laughs> well, maybe it is. According, well, it depends who you compare yourself with. If True. you compare yourself to the private sector, no. You don't know anything. You don't know diddly. But if you compare yourself to the public sector, like the people that I met at these city meetings and stuff, these people are supposed to fix the sewage system. You're like a freaking uh, Steve Irwin, practically. Right. I'm rocket science, if you, you know. Yeah. And um, so anyway, <laughs> I really think that um, the same developers and construction companies and people that want to build all this fancy stuff that you see all over Florida. I think the public should turn to them. And if they really expect something to happen, if they really expect a solution, I would bet on the private sector every single time, because I don't know anything that the public sector is doing well. That I can sit back and look over and say, man, it's a good thing I have the friggin' <laughs> city, state, or feds looking out for me. I think I've said on other podcasts, um, but I really think like the if, if you're lucky enough to have some police officers that actually give a shit about your job, I really think that that's pretty much the most you're going to get out of the public I mean, out of the private, out of the public sector. I think everything else is going to, that's any good will come out of the, for the most part anyway, will come out of the private sector. Yeah. There's a few here and there in the public, but it's, it's very few and it's, again, it's scattered. Well, like, like some of the things are just unforgivable. Like, like being warned four years ago that you well, knowing, probably should change knowing that your infrastructure is going to frigging fail and you're going to poison people and fish and, and wildlife. Also, mm. knowing that you send, you're sending your kids to school and they're coming home uneducated. We live with that, dude, in this state. 
it's Dude, our school system sucks down here. Unbelievably bad. And we're not the only ones. There's plenty of states. There's some states that there's an exception to the school system. But the vast majority of states in this country, school systems are failing. And people are living with it. We're like cockroaches. We just keep getting a little bit more immune to freaking bad things. And the poison gets a little bit worse. And the humans get a little bit more, more immune. immune. And now, you know, we think we can live through anything. But I think the thing that's this going... This is one thing that we're not going to live we're through. Not, well, you can't live in your own feces. No. And you can't live like a first world country with a third world country education system. Yeah. And I think there's third world countries that probably have education systems that, that are probably better, better than, ours. than ours. Yeah. I yeah. believe it. I believe it. Just... But down here, especially in South Florida, dude, I mean, the public school system is just horrendous. It is horrendous. I mean, I don't know. I don't. I mean, I don't mean to sound dramatic here, but it's like, I don't really know how else to describe it. It's it's pathetic. Well, I got a, I got an explanation for that. I know, and I know what it is too. No, you don't. I think I do. Can I take a guess? Go ahead. The federal government got involved. No. 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 Down here, you have a huge population of people that aren't concerned with the education system. One, you have a lot of people here that can barely even speak English. Never mind, be concerned about a school system. Two, you have the highest percentage of retirees in probably most parts of the state. Oh, that's right. Who, are, who don't pay a whole lot in taxes. The little bit of taxes they do pay, they damn sure don't give a shit about the school system because... They're retired. They're retired. How do they care? Right. And most, yeah. and most of them have grandchildren yeah. in other places. I'm sure they're not happy about it. But I could see it's like, I mean, listen, it's like, dude, I'm retired. What the hell do I care about the education system for? Right. And I think we're in a state where as many people's parents barely have a high school education, never mind a college education, who either one don't understand the value of education or don't think it's something that they'll ever achieve. Just totally gave up on it. I mean, we're definitely not like friggin' some suburb of fucking Boston or Connecticut. You know what I mean? <laughs> Where people would friggin', you know, that's the first thing that they do is worry about the kids in their schools. We are not like that here in Florida. And because of that, like I said, we're like cockroaches. We're able, our, our voter base, the people that actually put people in office, can live with that not being a number one priority. It's funny that you said that about Boston, because if you think about it, you know, I will give the North this. Some of the best schools in the country are up there in Boston, if you think about it. You don't have in to that think north, about in it. In that northern area. There's Some a few, of the best yeah. schools in the country are up there. Right. And the public school systems in you know, a lot of states up north you know, actually do pretty good. Also, too, up north, the difference in the school systems between the inner cities and the suburbs are way more dramatic than Florida. Yeah. Florida, we suck right across the board. Yep. Everything, too. <laughs> it's like if you literally look at every single category, we suck in it. Yeah. We, well, not sports. 
Well, no. Football, Football especially. We're yeah, we're number one. Look at St. Thomas. Exactly. You and I are both freaking STA grads. And, dude, and we share the freaking state with a whole bunch of other freaking people that can play sports. Yeah. Okay, so we got sports going for us down here. All right, we got sports going for us. And we have some damn good private schools. They cost a freaking fortune. Yep. But they're Let there. Let me tell you, St. Thomas. Let me tell you, we got a quality edge. I will say we got a quality education there. Yeah, no, we were fortunate. Yeah. We were a minority. Not everybody had that. No. You know what I mean? Yeah. But um What do you think of our what do you think of our state colleges? I don't think much of college period anymore. I know. I will tell you, I mean I went to FAU and I actually it was hard, but I actually do feel that I learned some good things there. But if I like people have said to me, like, was that was FAU your dream school? And I said, No, it wasn't my dream school. My dream school honestly would have been UM. University of Miami. Yeah. Peter is. went there actually too, I found out. Um, if I could have gone there, I would have gone there because now that's private school. So again, big time money couldn't afford it. But I real I have friends that went there, and the education that they got over there, I mean, yeah, probably freaking blew FAU's away. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, the college. The, I look at the college, the whole college thing, same way I look at drinking beers. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. <laughs> drinking beers ain't for everybody. No. Right? No, neither is college. Right. It's not and for college everybody. ain't for everybody either. And I think there's a lot more friggin' uh I don't know. I think it's more of a status thing more than anything. Like I know a lot more dudes that like are self made. I mean that's also part of being in South Florida, but self made millionaires. That didn't even go to college. Right. And when they were friggin', you know, eighteen or whatever. They had enough gumption, you know, to actually get a job where they could freaking have a Corvette or something cool, a BMW, and freaking, you know, um, not that many kids had their parents buying them cars in the I, old in the old days. Do you know that? Almost like this, all my friends, their their parents bought the. I was one of the only ones that had to actually save and buy my well, my well, own car. Well, it's normal now. It's normal now with the price of cars and financing. You know, freaking finance anybody, but in in the old days, freaking kids. You were, had to save up. Well, you and you were cool. And being cool meant you had a paper route. Being cool meant is you freaking had a part-time job at freaking McDonald's or bagging groceries. Yeah. Dude, that was my first job. Was actually bagging groceries at Publix at 15 years old. We used to freaking park cars at Pete and Lenny's down here before we had driver licenses. Yeah. And we'd freaking walk away with freaking 60 or $70 in a freaking night and you put right in the old pocket. And let me tell you, at 15, 16 years old, that was actually good money dude, at that age. Dude, in 1983? Especially in 83. Dude, that was like over 100 bucks back then. Well, let's see. That was, no, it was later than 83. That was like 86, 7, 8, 9, right in there. And, um, you know, I mean, like, so then you went out and you got like a pickup truck or whatever the car was that you, that you wanted. And then you were cool. Like, you were really cool. Yeah. And you could get chicks and other dudes wanted to be like you and blah, blah, blah. Dude, if you had a part-time job back then, I feel like it was like you actually were cool because you had your own money. You know what I mean? You could go Ma do stuff. Making money was cool, man. That's how you got chicks. That's how you got to go fishing. You know what I mean? That's how you could buy the shit that you wanted. That's how you could stay out of the fucking air conditioner. <laughs> How did that come fucking full circle? That's it. That's, it did. You know what I mean? And that's the big difference between now and what 
the millennials think they're going to go to college and come out and do. Dude. Or don't. I don't know. Do you, you, know what I, you, know what I, you know what I think the cool kids do now? What? They're like the YouTubers that could actually make a few hundred dollars a month. Or the Instagrammers that could actually make a few hundred dollars a month. I guess they're making money on... Um, Social media. TikToks now. I never understood that. I don't get it either, but the kids are it. doing it. The kids are doing it, and I think they can make a few bucks, and they can actually, you know, show some um, ambition sitting in the AC. That, to me, is not ambition, dude. Dude, that's ambition. I don't know. I'm old school in this. Like, like, it's funny hearing about how you were saying, like, back then, like, you know, you had a part-time job. You were cool, all this stuff. Dude, when I was especially in high school, dude, I was, like, one of the few people that actually, you know, had gotten a job. I mean, my dad made me do it. I wasn't happy about it, but I look back now thanking him. Dude, it, you were actually kind of looked at almost like oh, you have to have a you have to have a job. It's like having a chore. Yeah. It was like they were watching you do your your It was almost like yeah, it was almost like and they That's, almost kind of looked down on you a little bit. Like, oh my god, you got to do that? Like you actually have to do that? Yeah. Whew. Yeah. And you didn't get you didn't get girls because of that, too. You know, they didn't want to be with you if you were working. Like for me, for example, I was, you know, bagging part-time at Publix and stocking shelves and stuff like that. Dude, people look down on me because of that. Did they look down on you? A little bit. It was almost just like, it definitely that's the best you could do. It, you definitely I mean? was, it definitely wasn't like us. It definitely wasn't like us. No. Yeah, no. You were cool if you could make money. And you know, it was even... You, me and my me and my good buddy Kenny Smith. We used to make a hundred and fifty bucks a night spinning records. I remember you telling me those stories. Right now, granted, <laughs> we would only get one or two gigs a month, but dude, that was a great way to make hundred and fifty bucks. Dude, you'd have a blast doing it too. We had a blast doing it. You had money because you had money. You could buy like gold chains and different color sneakers and I shit. I knew you were gonna say sneak. <laughs> Well, dude, it always comes down to the sneakers oh, when course, you're a kid. Of course, man. Of course. So we could. So okay. So I had the. I had like four different color Converse's. Then I had my Adidas shells, right? Then I had my full Adidas. Full Adidas would be sweatsuit, friggin' shirt, hat, <laughs> shoes, socks. Full Adidas, okay? And then, um, why the hell did we start talking about this? But then anyway, I don't even know. But oh, it, millennial stuff. But anyway, and so, you know, you had the stuff that you went out and got when you had 100 bucks in your pocket. And then I could take Nicole to Swenson's. Wasn't that an ice cream place? Right. It was a cool ice cream place right here on friggin' Sunrise Boulevard. It was close enough to the beach where the traffic would back up. How come and you never took her to Jackson's ice cream? I've taken her to Jackson's ice cream friggin' before you were even born. Dude, the, um, <laughs> it's better than Swenson's. Dude, Swenson's is gone now. Now it's Burgerfy over there. Exactly. It, it it couldn't last, so they got rid of it. But dude, when you took your chick to Swenson's, like multiple times a month, you had some serious cash. And not only did you have cash, you had clout, because people would see you with your girlfriend in Swenson's, and they'd be like on their bike and shit, and they'd be damn Maggio's in there, and it was cool. You'd class. Dude, it was cool to have money. What the fuck is wrong with you millennials? You guys, like, don't give a shit. I do. <laughs> it wasn't you that said you wanted to be FWC? No, why? 
Because <laughs> you can't make any money being up to you see. I know. That's what I'm saying. I never said that. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, so I don't know, dude. I don't know what rock bottom is. I don't know what the fuck it's going to take to No, you people. know what I think rock bottom is? What? Millennials thinking that making money ain't cool. That's not rock bottom. We've freaking been out of this mess. Oh man, I don't. I got like, I I don't know what I don't know what has to happen in order for people to well, really get crazy you know, about the sewage issue, which I just don't get. In all honesty, though, I am starting to worry. I'm starting to wonder and worry. What else could happen? Like, what else? Or should I say, what else has to happen? Like, well, what else has to happen? Because it, it's going to get worse if people don't speak up. Well, it is going to get worse because you can't fix them at a rate of speed fast enough. Because they're just going to keep bursting. To Right. And there's so many different systems. Four Lateral is just one of like friggin', I don't know, 150 across the state. Dude, there was 23,000 sewage spills reported to the DEP in the last 10 years. How many were actually taken care of? Who knows how many were taken care of? How many were really out there if 23,000 were reported to the DEP? How many friggin' go on that never get reported? It happens here in Fort Lauderdale all the time. There'll be a small sewage spill. Small, we'll call friggin' 20,000 gallons small nowadays relative to the 200 million, million gallons that, that we got just, pumped yeah. in. Right. So when that happens, often... That never gets reported. Or for one of these freaking cruise ships, if they freaking ruptured out there. What are the chances of that being reported? That's what that... Dude, on I any swear given, those cruise ships... On any given night, something happens to the port. Either the friggin' drains back up and all the friggin' um, grease traps and shit from the restaurants flush into the intercoastal. Or it comes out of one of those ships or both. Dude, I'm telling you, those. I think that those cruise ships cause more freaking issues, dude. In the meantime, that is the most regulated area in the entire state. There are more cops. There are more DEA, EPA, DEPs. Than anywhere FBI's, else. FBI's, friggin' Homeland Security, USCG, FWC, PLPD, <laughs> PSO. And I'll stop at that. But all those agencies are sitting there, and on any given night, the diesel will come out, and the sludge will come out. This month, it was the poop that came out. It stunk like holy hell, and, and nobody nothing. Nobody did anything. Nobody did anything. And then we show it on the internet. And before friggin' all the monkeys could see it on friggin' the city page. There were naysayers. There were people saying, oh, shit, dude, you don't know what you're that's, talking that's, about. That's rain runoff. Remember right. that one? That's drainage. That's, that's rain runoff. Right, rain runoff, everything else. And I'm like, I don't, dude, I'm not a freaking sewage expert. All I know is everything's dead. But people still weren't ready to accept They're in the denial, dude. Denial? Is that denial? Is that how denial works? Or ignorance? Is that how denial works? Yeah. Okay. They'll see it. You'll present them with proof. And there's still somebody, there will always be somebody out there saying, no, that's not it. That's not sewage. That's something else. Well, I made on one of my posts, I said, dude, if I freaking posted right now that money was green, I'd get people that say it wasn't. Is that a dream that you just drew? That's subliminal. <laughs> it's I didn't even know I, I was drawing that. 
Yeah, I was. I've been watching you draw that for the past couple of minutes. And dude, that's podcast rude, by the way. What? Referring to something that you can see that the audience can't see. Well, they can visualize it. They can't visualize nothing. Yeah, they can. Dude, that's rude. That's like in. That's like freaking like. That's like getting up for dinner without asking like if you can be excused, but in podcast terms. Like that's something you should never to do. The poor people can't see anything. All they can do is hear us. They, so you know they, what we'll do? So they're thinking about, okay, so the shepherd's over there and he's talking shit. And then Maggio, he's over here and he's talking shit. And the Busaka wants to talk about something that Maggio's drawn that they can't see. So you know what we do? What? We're going to take a picture of that and that's going to be our promoting uh, little poster for it, for this podcast. Anyway, I'm not sure where we actually got in this podcast. You know, and... um. We got so off topic. We no, just went on like a, well, not off topic, but we just went on a tangent. But like, that's cool. Like I'm, like I said, I'm not sure like where we actually got in this podcast. No, because we were talking about Swensons and freaking. But I had a good time, and yeah. uh, Steve, thanks for coming in and doing the podcast this week. It was yeah. kind of good to talk about things without things being so dramatic and serious for a little while. Yeah, we have to get away from that once in a while too. Well, I'm getting ready to get away. Um, I'm going to bang out uh, seven trips in the next four days. Damn. And then um, just in time for us to freaking get back next week and do another podcast. Yeah, dude, I, I want to go back out to the flats soon, man. I do. Dude, you're in full, it's full sheep's head swing right now. The run is happening. I even. The sheep's head are coming through, Busaka. <laughs> There's a time where you have to leave the flats alone and you have to go back to your roots and you have to be the shepherd that you are. Can we see? Can we see a sheep's head post this week, maybe? This week? Come on. Dude, it's, they're in full run. It's not like you got to go to like, some spot and wait for two days. No, I know. I just... Be the shepherd that you are, Shep. I'll think about it. All right. That's the shepherd, Stephen Busaka. He's going to think about sheep's head fishing. I'm Captain Jeff. I'm going to go bang out some trips. Thanks for uh, tuning into the Real Guy Podcast. Run, run that, that dog. dog.